Yeah, we're live, too. Right on time. Wow, I'm impressed. Hold on. Oh. Criminy. That was, it's been a uh, big day for both of us. Yeah. All right. See, I wanted to hide my hair. There we go. <laughs> he's he's a... Uh, uh, Oh, God, it was going to be funny, too. <laughs> the Sith, the Dark Lord. <laughs> no, I was going to say um, a grunge Jawa. <laughs> oh, God, that breaks my heart. That just reminded me of Taylor Hawkins. Oh, Lord, Taylor. Uh, he didn't tell us what happened, which means it's got to be bad. Well, he died. That's what's bad. Right. That's what's bad. Yeah, Taylor, we love you. We miss you. You did great, and uh, I can't watch. Wait to watch Hotel Six 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 and try to figure out what the fuck happened. Oh my gosh! I think Dave's heart. Well, everyone, but they were so tight. All right, yeah. that's not what our episode's about. We're adaptable and changeable, though anything can happen on the Moped Outlaws. That's true. We, just for those of you who know, and those of you who don't know, we have NFTs that are available to make offers on. So we got an offer on an NFT. That was exciting. That was exciting. <laughs> and it was exciting to learn that. Um, we can't accept it yet because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well put, my friend. Well put. Yeah. I'm on the <laughs> You know, people think, yeah, you just throw some chaos onto the screen. You call it an NFT. There you go. No, it's always millions. Ah, oh, look at a hundred percent true. Outlaws look creepy. What? Who said that? That was you what? who said that. No. Someone's in, like, in the chat or something. And I suppose so. Yeah, look. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Whoever that identified person, unidentified audience is, welcome to the party. Yeah. You're already making things better. Yeah. I'm so glad you could post the, the actual comment. That's fucking great. Yeah, isn't that fun? I wonder if there's a way for you to be a co host. So Well, let's not do that now. Let's do that at our production meeting. All right. And also I want to turn off my phone. Let's get professional here. God, I am I was... start now. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> point well taken. I was just texting you when you jumped on to see if like you wanted a break after your initiate meeting. Yeah. Which, I, or yeah. your initiate graduation. Yeah, I'm now I'm no longer an initiate, I'm an adept. Wow. Maybe you should be wearing this hoodie. No, this is what I wear now. Oh. You've progressed whitey progressed to a white shirt. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of goes with the, the, the whitey territory, I guess. Yeah. 
So some of you are watching this live, very few of you, and then some of you Here's a question old for you. haircut. Um we don't know this person because they don't know us. Well, that's cool. We could use a little heckling. He's <laughs> more intelligent and more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Their name is 100% true. They're, that's their name. All right. All right. And they, are they, they coming to us through this network or from? Yeah, they're uh, on YouTube. Oh, far out. Yeah. And what inspired the bold haircut? Mr. Well, Wendt. Uh, testosterone because the bold haircut started out as a not so bold head of hair that became less and less bold as time went on. And so to compensate for its lower boldness, I decided to become fully committed to the baldness, the boldness of baldness and the ballsiness of the boldness of baldness. And I found out there's a certain amount of women. Oh, they love it. They love the Chrome. Oh, look at this. Live from Africa, the motherland. Wow. And your initiates path that you just graduated from is a lot of it is about the wisdom of Africa. Right. It's um, the recognition that what we call hermetic teachings actually originate in the seed of civilization or in a place called in Western language called Kemet. And even the Library of Alexandria was a cover overing of the the true knowledge that was brought from the what we now call the Egyptians, the Kemet, Kemetans. And so I am being educated to be more of service to the seven principles. Can you say what the seven principles are? Yes. They are outlined in a book called The Kabbalion. All is mind, right? The principle of mental, mentalism. The principle of, <clears throat> oh dear. <laughs> from heart, huh? From the, from, um, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Or you're getting allocates from the motherland. Uh, all right. So, the principle of mentalism, the principle of vibration, the principle of correspondence, the principle of rhythm, the principle of polarity, the principle of cause and effect, and the principle of gender. Those are the seven principles. All right. Well done. <clears throat> and now you've graduated from the initiate's path, and now you're starting... And Which the, is year two of a three-year process. The adept's path. Yeah. Well, it's all the initiate's path. It's just now I've reached the level of adept. All right. All right. And uh, I bring with me uh, ongoing commitment to humility, beginner's mind. And uh, there's a third one. I'm kind of slow these days. I'm also well, that fasting. Was a pretty intense I'm fasting, so my breath, my uh, my brain is like starved of, of sugars. Well, yeah, and we should also let you know people know you just like that graduation ceremony just finished. Yeah, that's why Greg was there for like two hours and thirty minutes of it, and like that's why he was surprised I was going to actually arrive right on time yeah. for this live broadcast. Yeah. Three and a half hours. When she said, "Now we're going to talk to the guests who are here," I was like, "Okay, time to go." Did you see the vows? No, I did not. You missed the vows. Sorry. And admittedly, 
There's probably a lot more I missed because um, I have my own story, but it's not as important as your story. Well, it is, but it just isn't. It's just you were doing things like other things in the background, I'm sure, which is fine. I was sleeping. Oh, fine. I just rescued Sid. He now lives in San Rafael. Are we allowed to visit him? You have to make arrangements or you could come with me at any time. Okay. Like you have to call them and I'm not sure what the process is. Or if you and I wanted to go, we could go anytime. Okay. Cause you're, you're on the master list or whatever. I'm on the master list. Right. Sydney, we got to buy you. A up in Reno. <laughs> the, the thermostat clicked every time the air clicked on. So every hour I was waking up from the noise of the thermostat. Yeah. And then we forgot his medications in the car. So this morning I got up at five to drive over to Oakland and pick up his medications and I hadn't I didn't have much sleep. Oh yeah. Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, 100% true. I think it's important that people are uh, allowed to identify and define the cultural context with which they are associated. And we over here in unceded tribal land uh, called the United States have a lot to learn still about the origins of civilization. I think the world has a lot to learn. Yes. You know, I was, I I can say, honestly, I get triggered with Briggs. Is that her name? Brig? Brig. Bridge. 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 Yeah. Triggering is definitely a big part of, of hanging out with Bridge. Right. And, um, and part of, you know, like I could feel in the argument side of me, like, oh, but if beginner's mind is so important, why do you sound like you're so steadfast in these things you're throwing around? Uh, welcome to the party, Greg. <laughs> hey, we love you, too. A hundred percent true. Yeah. And uh, very glad that you stumbled upon this. Yeah. Anyway. It is. So you found yourself being triggered? Yes. And then I was also, you know, like as I was going downstairs just moments ago and I was thinking, you know, beginner's mind is such an important element that I heard this morning. Mm -hmm. And yet, Brig, I don't hear that in you. And then I thought, you know, she's talked about how much time she's devoted to this knowledge she has there isn't time to have footnotes for greg on every sentence said you know (laughs) um yeah well what what i found in working with her which beyond the initiates path i've worked with her now for close to four years almost five years and um yeah it probably is five years or more um, that every triggering moment becomes a possibility for reflection on a new way of being. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, she recognizes her own imperfection. And sometimes she shows up, um, you know, with some emotional content as a result. Uh-oh. <laughs> the curtains have come down. The show yeah. is over. Um, yeah, 
I'm fixing my Tibetan prayer flags, which fly above my desk window. They are visible to me at all times, but not unnecessarily to those of you watching me. Oh, this is getting, this is not what we signed up for. All right. No, we didn't want to listen to you cleaning your room. Oddly enough. Yes. Here we go. uh, You also want to talk about Kane warrior, magician, lover. And then you wanted to add the full to it. Yeah. So there's this really great book uh, by this guy, these guys, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette called King warrior, magician, lover. And it's about the four archetypes that we identify as the masculine archetypes. And, and most men who are on the path of men's work f- eventually run into this book. And so each aspect, there's the King aspect, which we, a lot of people talk about a lot, which is leadership and service they don't always notice the service part. <laughs> the warrior, which is the courage, right, to, to go into places of danger, to do the, the work that is um, required of us, even though it might be uncomfortable. To die for a cause. <clears throat> or live for a cause. Right. right. But, you know, the good of the many. Right. Being willing to stay alive instead of take your own life in order to serve. Right. And then the magician is the recognition of the creative principle. The idea that while we are here, even though we're mortal and bound by the physical on so many levels, we still have the capacity to render from all that is this new potentiality, this new possibility. And so the belief in new possibility and then the willingness to create it out of the elements, that's magical. It's imagination. It's insight. It's hopefulness. It's creativity. It's that's the sort of the magician archetype. And then the lover archetype is, you know, generally it's in relationship to the female, you know, male, female relationships, but being in love with life, recognizing all of the beauty of life is part of that. Right. And, and how you express your sexuality, but also your, your, your joy and love of beauty. Right. And then, as I've begun my own um, journey and then done some of my own journey and find myself on this journey and talk a lot about the word listen journey to journey and not listen very much to journey. <laughs> I, I've come to know something about the fool archetype. And I think there's, there's something about the fool archetype. Well, it's not necessarily an archetype as recognized by this book because it's not in the book title and it's not in the book. But there's something about being willing to step off the cliff of our life, to have a sense of humor about what we're doing. To What I just thought of is humility, I think, is a big part of the fool. One, the fool, as we've spoken of in the past, was able to say the truth in the realm of the court where all others would have their heads cut off, which brought humility to the ruling people, the king and the queen. Or maybe not. (laughs) Or maybe not. But also, the fool is a humbling experience. To be foolish is a humbling experience. It's also card zero. In the tarot deck. Oh, really? Yeah, which means it's the primordial essence. And there's this uh, great book um, called Meditations on the Tarot 
and the fool is one of the chapters that's so powerful. And, um, I am going to read just the introduction to that. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, that's, that's the fools in the back. Cause he's zero. Oh, maybe I'm not going to read anything about the fool in this book. I have a question for you. Cause you talked about gender being one of the, yeah. What is, what is that? What is gender? The principle of gender is that everything in the universe has the aspects of the masculine and feminine in it. So if you look at the way of human reproduction, you can see male and female, but you can see masculine and feminine energies in people. And we see that in the expression of what we call non-binary people who identify as non-binary sexuality. They have this kind of blending of those energies. And so the, the principle of polarity is a recognition that it's a continuum. We have hot and cold, but it's the continuum of temperature, right? And within another form of that is the, is the polarity of gender, but it's, it's got a quality to it that's specific to itself, which is gender. So Wait, go back to are, the temperature thing. I'm stuck on that. So what are you saying? You have hot and cold, right? And you're saying that's a polarity, right? Okay. So you're saying there's a polarity of male, female that's similar. Right. And so each of the principles build on each other. Right. So gender was the last one. You said it's right. the seventh one. So that it's builds everything. on the other six. Right. It's the last one. It's the final. Well, they're all in, they're all continuous. None of them are final. There's no beginning. There's no snake end. eating its tail. No, it's the other way around. It's the tail is eating the snake. No, it's that the all is constantly evolving, constantly generating itself. It's not swallowing itself and about to disappear. It's generating itself. And so the principle that allows that is this idea, regenerative principle, which rests at the foundation of the interaction of the two genders, right? Are you reading that off a sheet? No, I'm not. I'm just doing it from the top of my noggin. That was good. That was good. (laughs) See, I'm getting adept now. I don't have to always look at the books. All right. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that's gender. And it's an energy The the Kabbalion and the seven principles, they're not locked into this idea of fixed, like just the way it looks in the physical plane. It's across all planes of existence. So you can see gender in a flower. You can see, right. You can see gender, the way we refer to gender in a lot of different circles that arise out of indigenous practices of naming is we have father sky or grandfather sky and grandmother earth. Right. Right. And it's in every arc, in every sort of expression, you can see like people name their cars, sometimes gender differences names, or they, you know, um, one of my favorite coaching teachers talks about it beyond gender as being, what are the actual energies that we like to associate with things like masculinity, right? Strength, productivity, right? Masculine energetic qualities. And if we let go of the name of masculine, what are the underpinnings of it? Right? So receptivity, right? 
um, empathy, life giving force is is typically feminine, right? right. The mother, right? right. So empathy, that's, that's how it works. Empathy. And the idea behind the path I'm on is not to draw conclusions that I can then wield as if my ego has some special powers. It's about learning to see in a deeper way, learning to recognize the laws of the universe and, and how everything integrates so that that can be used in the process of healing in, in healing myself and then being, you know, gracious with other people. All right. So with all things, especially a year commitment, there's challenges involved. What were some of the gifts where you decided to go a second year? Oh, well, knowing that I don't always know what I don't know. Knowing that I don't always know what I don't know. Right. So what I don't know I'll learn by staying in is part of deciding to stay. And that was your experience this past year is you were like something that you couldn't even imagine. It wasn't even the in the realm of consciousness became you learned about it. Well, again, it's a recognition. The, the foundational principle is something called Sankofa, which is may we remember what we once knew before we forgot who we were. And so when you begin to see clearer through the lens of initiation, you begin to see all the threads that weave that the, the oneness together. And, and I mean, you can go up to someone and abstractly say, we're all one. And most people have a concept of that. They get it. Right. And then their Shempa or their, the things that I don't have awareness of around that. So what the seven principles do is begin to draw threads around what, who, what we really are. Right. And then beyond that, you know, hermeticism and the study of the laws of nature and, and what's referred to as, um, alchemy, turning lead into gold, right? Those, those are descriptors, but they're not, it's not literally turning lead into gold. It's taking things of a baser nature, a lower vibration or an, an, uh, a nature that is unrealized in its fullest potential and bringing life to it. So one way is to recognize that I've learned new ways of being in a relationship to be powerful with, not powerful over, but powerful with the harmony of the structure of the universe in term and how that affects my life with my clients, with my friends, with my lover, with my garden. <laughs> and you've experienced that in the past year increasing through this initiate's path. Yeah. I've experienced growth in understanding and releasing things about myself that were no longer serving me, having access to healing. That was a result of my mental activity, my disciplines, my practices, all of which are fostered and in a group setting, right? We have the teacher, like you said, bridge teaches us, but then we have to, we have to hold it together ourselves and we have each other to do that. And we, you know, we have to, there's various things that come up like, um, I have here, uh, along with my Tibetan flags, I have my seven chakra stones, <laughs> right? And so there's meditations that I've done with those. The impact of that 
is pretty subtle, <laughs> right? It's not like you could say, oh, well, that caused me to be able to, to heal myself. But if you start taking it all apart, like an, in the material science way, you miss how one little thing might have ad- added to it. Like who's to say whether those meditations I do with my chakra stones don't lead to the revelations that go with meditation. It's all part of the same thing. Okay. I just had this spark. <clears throat> one of the things that I get triggered by is when I hear a communication that what I am hearing is humanity was in a place of Eden, peace, until white European came. So, like, Africa was in a place of perfect peace and coexistence, and life was great. And then Alexander came, white European came, took a bunch of good stuff from it in order to have power over. And I don't believe there is evidence of that being real. Okay. What about North, the North American continent? The same. Now, the genocide the of the Native Americans and, you know, you and I have spoken of watching that um, Latin history for morons. <laughs> you fucking morons. <laughs> um, all right. So, North America, again... The, all the tribes weren't living peacefully with each other. There was stuff, well, man. There was harming. There was killing. We talked about this being a trigger for you, right? Right. So the the secret sauce, if you will, isn't in where you end up if you decide not to follow the trigger down the rabbit hole of self inquiry. It's the secret sauce is, is actually going into that discomfort and unraveling why you feel that way, as opposed to sitting safely in the resistance. It's not, here's the thing. I just saw, I watched a bunch of reactions to Elvis and black people. And um, it's a video on YouTube. So anyone can look it up and you have, um, I forget the gentleman's name. From that, I'm not alone in forgetfulness. Yeah, I feel better. We're old. We're old. Let's face it. We're old. Um, anyway, you know, he's talking about how white Elvis took black music and, and, you know, took it and stole it in essence. I'm not using this gentleman's words, but that's what he was saying. But then you had BB Keene. He said, he didn't steal anything. Once you put something out into the world, it's there for everybody. Anyone could use it. That man was good looking. He knew how to play. He moved. He was the real deal as far as I'm concerned. And that, I think, is the difference where two people can see the same thing. One's like, hey, that's life. You put something out there, and it's there for all of us. And I love it. It's great. He was awesome. Someone's else like, he took my shit, and he fucking got really rich off it. That should have been me. 
And I just believe that I'd rather be B.B. King. Well, you're not. You're Greg. <laughs> but that's, you know, in practice. That's that's the practice that I... Well, you're, the truth I, is... Well, the truth is... We're conflating a lot of these things. We've had three different descriptions. We went from whether or not the... Um, historical fog that's cast over the origins of civilization relative to European history versus comedic history. And then the same fog is cast over the idea of what happened in North America around indigenous populations and, and what happened with them and the European invasion. And then now it, that's all come down to this idea of Elvis and BB King and, and, you know, uh, the idea of whose money should go where fog. I think that fog is real. I'm a hundred percent with you shoulder to shoulder on that fog is real, but I think it's a human fog. And I think to report on something that's 25,000 years old and not have an element in one system, like this might've been their fog. This might've been Kemet fog. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you lean into your lack of understanding by taking the heal thyself course to start with, and perhaps then the initiate's path, then the seeing happens. But if you stay with where you are as a result of the trigger and of the desire to stay like, well, I want to be on a BB King. Okay, fine. What, but what don't you do? What not? What do you not know that you don't know well, around course, that information until you actually start to understand it? So, uh, let's take Kemet for example. This this many TV shows have been made about the the Great Pyramids and why were they built and how are they built and what was their purpose and all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of white people running around making shit up about what that is, aliens, right? They, you know, there's all kinds of things. Well. One of the things you find out when you start to actually deal with the people, the comedic scholars, is that they're astrological markers, mm-hmm. right? And they were built in alignment with a 16,000-year cycles that required heavy-duty geometry, trigonometry, and astrological um, measurement to actually then build them. So that points to a level of sophistication of that society, of an African culture, right, that goes beyond the short-term memory of what we'll call Christian history, right? Okay, so I'm with you on that, and I know that they were doing, well, I don't know, but from my learning, I that they were doing eye operations back in the when Kemet was the ruling power of known humanity. So, but here is is one saying that these advanced knowledge are proof of a good society. 
Oh, well, the good bad dichotomy is easily just kind of broken down and wiped away. Like, why even no, bother? It's more than acknowledging a true history. And well, part of and that then, true history, to my knowledge, does have slavery. What do you do with the word true history? Like, there's history as we know it, and then there's history, well, there's re- history that isn't really necessarily happened. revealed to people. And but, that's what esoteric studies is. That's what the initiate's path is, is you begin right. to look deeper into the stories that were told and you start to hear voices of other people, people who tend to be marginalized in this Western construct. And then pieces of the mystery, pieces of the puzzles that you wouldn't otherwise see things. You don't know that you don't know start to become available to you. And it changes your worldview. It changes how you orient. Here's the, okay. Here's a, a, like a, an example we have on our plate where your memory of an incident you and I shared is us walking up Miller from Safeway. And my memory of it is up in your house in the living room. But here's the weird part. There's a pool table, which I know isn't true, <laughs> but there it is. Like, if I was to write a history of our friendship and include that incident, it would be up in your house. And if you were to write that history and include that incident, it would be on Miller Avenue walking up Safeway. Okay. So are we talking, are we talking about how the truth is the written record and that the, the written record is flawed and inherently flawed in the human endeavor? Even is that the what you- best of intentions. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Okay. And so it does, for me, bring up... Wait, like, one of the things we do is we go and we look for older versions of, of the story. And supposedly, the older the version, the more true it is, right? See, I don't... Yeah, what? what? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> the game of telephone proves that isn't real. Well, the, the closer you are to the first person who spoke in the game of telephone, aren't you the closer to the thing that was no, said? No, because I'm just saying in this incident, you and I are the guys in the incident. We experienced it, but our memory of the experience is completely different. Well, I could put my foot down and say, I'm right. Of course. Of right? course you could. And, right. and what's then I would have to become an evangelist of what I call the truth. I would have to say no to everything that, or, that you know, kill me. Greg is going around spreading lies. That would be the matter. Right way. I think, again, we've taken this context of the evolution of comedic culture and the mathematics and sciences of it. And now we boiled it down to some kind of thing uh, between us that, and why is that relevant to that story? It do, It's not, it's like when you, when you start to bring it down to that microcosm, um, wait, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Here's what the relevance is. History is not important to one's happiness now. Are you stating that as if it's the truth, or are you stating it as a, an opinion? It's a fact. You're stating it as the truth. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know. I don't think I'm anywhere. This thing about being right and being right can often be a very um, important thing to us. And it, and it often costs us our connection to other people. That is real. Yeah. Right. So the idea of being right about the history of the, the genocide that, 
European cultures committed against indigenous cultures. It comes with prices. It comes with the discomfort of the descendants of, you know, Western cultures. We, it's like, that's why all of those people in the South don't want to hear about, uh, you know, critical race theory because of what, it, what they will have to face in themselves, the illusions that they will have to dismantle in themselves. And one of the things that is really striking is that people are very protective of their, 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 their gods. So when you start to unravel who's Jesus and you start to get like deeper into the historical record, you start to break people's concepts. Okay. Because so, the tr- wait, because the truth wait, wait. as they see it, isn't reflected in the historical record as it's laid. And here's what I'm saying. There's historical record that Jesus was here in the United States with the native Americans. And that's what the whole Mormon religion has sprung out of. And then there's historians who, you know, they don't believe in Mormonism, but they do say like, well, there is evidence he could have been here. And blah, blah, blah. so, so there's an element of so what? So what? So Jesus was at, you know, your neighbor's house that night and had a glass of wine and who fucking cares? And well, well you care if you had wine with Jesus, you're probably going to care and you're going to tell stories about not it. Not if it was bad wine. <laughs> well, well then bad wine with Jesus is better than good wine without Jesus. I don't know. What if Jesus Depends who you ask, ask, right? Depends who you ask. Like our friend, Mike probably would be like, I'd rather have good wine and not, and leave that whole Jesus thing out of it. Right. Right. So that was like how, that was one of the triggers that I heard today. She emphatically was like, Jesus was here in Egypt and a lot of what he took home and became Christianity. He took from Kemet. I'm like, okay, are you basing that on, you know, and what you're saying is there's historical documentation. Well, there's historical documentation that he was here in the United States with the Native Americans. And that's, right. you know. And when was that written? So that's like crazy. Long time ago. <laughs> right. A long time ago, but not as long ago as the other stuff. And I don't think long time ago is a basis of truth. Because you well, can grab 25,000 years from now, you can grab an eighth grade history book and go, oh, look, you know, Latin Americans didn't exist in the United States for 400 years. And all of a sudden they climbed over Trump's wall. And Well, that's you know, exactly why there's this whole rebellion against Western education systems and the dismantling of what is essentially the conditioning of a colonized nation. There is a rewriting of history that is deliberate and has at its core, the desire to manipulate control and be in um, oppression of others. Right. And, and the oppression of others, the teachers who I've really admire are the ones who you can feel it in your bones when they say, don't believe me, check it out for yourself. If it doesn't work, throw it out. Yeah. So where would you go check to see if, if Jesus was a brown person instead uh, I of... I don't care. It really doesn't. All well, right, so. I, well, wait, wait, wait. 
Why do you get Here's triggered why, if you partly don't care? Why I don't care is I think Jesus was a brown person. You just, where was he born? What kind of people come from? Not everyone. Now, we know that white-skinned people can be born from two very dark-skinned parents. You know, white-skinned people can be born in Africa. So I don't know for sure. And that's why it really doesn't matter. Well, you missed something about my point. When the teacher says, go find out for yourself, the individual has the opportunity to begin the quest. Right. Well, finding out. Right. And so the finding out takes shape and it takes shape along several different lines. It takes shape according to what you're taught when you're a kid, what you're conditioning is in the context of your culture, your parentage, your, your community, what textbooks you're given, what Bible you're given, blah, blah, blah. And then as life progresses, if you manage to stay in beginner's mind, if you manage to be continue to be curious about what you've been told and what you believe more and more can be revealed to you from more and more interesting points of view. Right. And it's the point at which you decide, you know, that you close the door on on the emergence of the new evidence. And you, what I heard this morning is like Brig knows that Jesus was in Egypt. And what's wrong with her knowing that? Well, you just said, and as soon as you say you know, you close the door on, I forget the last words you said after that. Right, but so I, you're using my words to say that Bridge has got a closed mind about where Jesus came from? I'm not using your words. I'm using my experience. So uh, if your conclusion is that we have this no, criticism I would not say level, it's a conclusion. Okay, so what are you saying about Bridge? I mean, you're triggered by the fact that she thinks she knows something. And so I'm curious, why why are you triggered by that? Why wasn't why do you care what she thinks she knows? It's a great question. It's a great question. Why do I care? I, I get I triggered know. by her and what she thinks she knows. And I I like to start thinking I know what I know that's not true that's more true than that. Right? And I you know, every time I've stopped there It's been less satisfying than getting more curious and having more conversations with people about what I might be missing. I'm for that. Right. And um, what what happens if we find out Jesus was a brown person who lived in Egypt for a while and was trained by the Comedians? We what we big parts of the Bible are missing stuff, aren't they? Well, we know that whole cultures that have built up their whole identification system of what heaven looks like and what their spiritual code looks like. They need to be reevaluated in light of that information. See, I think ultimately we're going for inner peace. And what is written in a book ultimately doesn't matter to inner peace. Like what I'm saying, what I mean by that is Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Wait, let's get it right. People who wrote a book 300 years after Jesus lived said, Jesus said. 
Well, no, you see, but that's what I mean. What you just did there, you could do with these documents from Kemet. Yeah, well, it's a little harder because they're written on stone and on papyrus leaves. So what? When they were first written, they were from a printing press. Why the was Bible's a printing first press? edition wasn't on a printing press. It was, it was on papyrus leaves, right? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there. What well, comes from the First Testament, right? But I don't... That's, that is what triggers me, is when I hear a debate of logic, but it won't turn on itself. It's only pointing outward. So it's saying... That- yeah, so beginner's mind is being willing to look at your own beliefs and your own pieces, right? Right. So when let's just take the trigger you're talking about, which is that Bridge said that Jesus trained in Egypt for a while. And how does emphatic. how does that the invalidate nature in which she said it? It was the, so, it was like this is real. There is no doubt to this. Right. And so if I say men went to the moon and you think that NASA didn't send men to the moon and that's bullshit, you're going to feel like I'm full of shit. Right. Right. So it's conviction in and of itself, i.e. the determinative nature of thought that has you state that the truth, quote unquote, the truth is X, Y, Z. Right. If that's what's triggering me about this is her that she's convinced. Of well, here's what just occurred to me. Experience is very important in wisdom and taking something that's written as wrote. I think it's a mistake, like what you just talked about space. And then I thought, well, I'm not, you know, I can be in a place where I'm not quite sure about. Did people really go on the moon? I can, you know, but if you said the earth is flat, well, now I have an experience where it's not. You so know, how how would you get to a place where what Bridge said wouldn't trigger you? I'd have a conversation with her, I imagine. It'd be communication. Right. So from and right now, here where I sit, having talked with her about this very subject, talked with um, Seba Mpukamut, who is a, a comedic historian, you know, uh, some a priest, a comedic priest, someone who's received the teachings through oral history not just through written history, right? Mm-hmm. A game of telephone across the ages, right? I mean, where we end up with the kind of the intellectual and rhetorical take you've take, taken is we can't believe anything. Nothing's no, true. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. It's more important to me to hear a woman speak of the, what I would say, are abuses from her mother as a young girl growing up and love her mother wholeheartedly. And when I ask, how can you love this person? You know, when you had this experience of her as your mom, she's like, it wasn't, there was no challenge. I'd love her. It's all love. That has way more value to me. Like, okay, that's something for me to learn by, like if this woman that's real for her, then the shimp I have with Brig or with my ex-wife or my ex-wife's lover, I can, there is a way to let it go and be at peace. 
And that's more important than was Jesus in Egypt or Disneyland or whoever the fuck was it even real? I don't know. But I do know there is a way to love everybody. I hear how important loving everyone is and how restorative that could be for us all. <laughs> I do. I'm being sincere. I, I believe you. Right. I'm laughing because, <laughs> you know, I puffed myself up real big and now it's time to climb down. <laughs> well, what I'll say is that the experience you're describing about relating to Brig and what she said, Bridge and what she says is an experience I've had a lot and when I've leaned in to that experience with curiosity and had the discussion with her and, and examined things, like you said, go, go read about it for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I've come to know that there are aspects of myself, which are dropping away and new, new aspects are forming. And it's not a top down. Well, she says this, so I believe it necessarily kind of thing. It's like, I get curious. I start to practice what's offered. And then I achieve a kind of knowledge that's, uh, that arises out of my own experience. Right. So there's lots of ways to go. Well, was Jesus Brown or was Jesus black? And then take lots of different ways to investigate it. You can just put it into YouTube right now. Jesus was, was Jesus black. And you're going to get a lot of information from a lot of different sources. Right. And, and to me, I would say no one really knows. However, if you look at the geography of the history of this man who supposedly lived, one can conclude He was a person of color. So no one really knows is convenient for you to say in this argument. I haven't met a person who could say Jesus was yellow. (laughs) Well, no, but you met a person today who said Jesus was brown. And they know that person. They know. They don't know. Yeah, they do. Don't. Yeah, they do. Based on what? It was written 25,000 years ago. (laughs) Well, you could examine all the evidence that they've collected to come to that knowledge, right? That knowing, right? And But she knows it. Like, that's her point of view, right? And she she knows it. I would say... What would it take for you to know it to be true? I'd have to know Jesus was real. Right. Okay. And what, what would it take for you to know Jesus was real? What would you have to see, experience, read? That's a great question. I'm not sure about that one. Right. Now, so we both read this book pretty much every day. I don't know right. how you, right? right? And in it, the Son of God is named multiple times, which we commonly refer to that Son as Jesus, right? Not in there. I don't think... You, it's not in that book. Jesus' name is not right. in this book. Right. 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 But, but, but also in that book, son of God is like, how all of us, um, is it brig bridge bridge? Okay. I'm going to get building connection. Right, 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 right. Bridge. Okay. So when bridge said today, she's not so for like good and bad, it's the oneness. So son of God in that book is, 
often speaking to the oneness of life? Well, I think what you said was you want people to know love, right? Instead of arguing about it, you just want to know, like you said, the mom, I love my mom, even though my mom mistreated me or whatever. The woman, right. Right. And so it isn't necessary for bridge to be right about Jesus, right? For you, for you to, right? And, and let's say, like, for me, I don't picture Jesus as a white person. Well, you, you don't even know he, he existed. Yeah, and I would say for me personally, I tend to lean that he did. Yeah. And I definitely have a Judeo-Christian background, and that's right. a strong part of my spirituality right and just from a logical scientific viewpoint i would say he was a person of color look where he was born right well and there's different points of view from people who've done lots of different kinds of research that would probably want to contradict that right so with this idea of truth there's subjectivity and objectivity, right? Those are the two things that we run into when we have these discussions about what truth is and, and belief and truth, right? And so what's happened in this conversation is a digression around semantics. And in the at the root of that digression is this idea that you felt triggered by the assertion as an unequivocal fact that Jesus was brown. No, and it wasn't the brown part. It was him in Egypt. Okay. Okay. That Jesus was in Egypt. It wasn't skin color. Like that doesn't trigger me at all. So she she referenced the document that said that said Jeshua, Jeshua was was there, right? And that's the evidence that she's pointing to in her frame of reference. Right. And I'm saying there's a document that's pointing about Jesus in the Nate with the Native Americans that there's right. historians who have Native American documents about this being who appeared and as Native American documents. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like Native American paintings or whatever, you know. Okay. That a being appeared. That. Yeah. That the conclusion is that was Jesus here. in. okay. North so America. that is the projection of the conclusion being made. That's the person making the conclusion. That's what all this is projection. That's what I'm saying. Right. When you read something, you are projecting. Right. But if I tell you I have blue eyes and you look at my eyes, you we're both concluding that they're blue, right? Yes. And then it gets harder the further away we get from actual observable phenomena, right? Right. Like the incident that we both shared. Right. So if we, and we have multiple vectors of people's experience in terms of where Jesus was, who Jesus was, right? And so what I'm saying is, why is that even important? Well, it's important because the deconstruction of the dominant narrative of Judean Christian dominance over the world is an important thing because of what's hidden as a result. And what's hidden as a result is the importance of the Afrocentric origins of science, 
engineering, astronomy, and spiritualism. Things that are bigger than 2,000 years of biblical history that are oppressed by thought control, manipulation, and colonization because they don't support the narrative that keeps certain power structures in place, like the Catholic Church. And when you dismantle that, and if you wipe that away, there's a potential for there being another narrative about humanity, a narrative that's closer to what might bring us peace. Because the narrative that's on top of us now is about competition, dominance, control of thought, spiritual practices, right? What's good and bad all flow out of this dynamic that is Judeo-Christian in origin. No, I'm saying that it's human in origin. That's what I'm saying. It's not Judeo-Christian in origin. Well, Catholicism Catholicism is. is. Right, because lots, phrase, of, yeah, lots of it is, but it's a human it's based on the Romans and their adoption of these doctrines, right? And that then they conquered the world with, <laughs> and they imposed those beliefs as law. And any disagreement, just like Sharia law in Muslim areas, if you disagree with the Quran, you're in trouble. It's a form of dominance, colonization, and oppression. And we of know God. of tribes had dominance over other tribes here in North America. I believe that's true. In How North do we know? And, um, because it is written. I tend to believe it because it's a human thing. It's um, once many, 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 many years ago. Wait, let's add one more many. Many. That's true. There was one more many years ago. A person told me, rise above your animal nature. In essence, he was saying, evolve yourself beyond that animal nature that is a knee-jerk response to something, feels threatened in attacks, flight or fight greed, all that, like there, there is a human nature above that. And what he was saying to me is rise above that. I believe that we all are here on this planet with that animal nature, which is threatened, which fights, which feels like there's never enough survival is of the fittest fittest being subjective, you can outsmart someone who's stronger, you know. So that element of threat and whether Jesus was even alive or Dr. Seuss or whoever, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if we were on Miller or up in your house. What matters is right now your eyes are blue. I love you dearly. That's what matters to me. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I hear the pointlessness of arguing because it distracts us from what might be possible right here and now. But I also think when you discover that um, there's a mystery, a hidden mystery, people get curious and people want to know. And so one of the things that historians do, archaeologists do, 
scholars do Geologists, yep. right they we're curious we're we're looking for answers we're looking for it right i agree and what i'm finding is that doesn't have any latin american in it whatsoever absolutely what you're saying like what you're saying about the origins of all these academia knowledge being in africa to me, it's almost a moot point because we already have proof that humanity originated in what is known as Africa. That was the origin of human. <clears throat> so, of course, this knowledge is going to start there. <laughs> well, there's some things that happen, and one of which is that if that um, we someone is named of European descent who, quote unquote, discovered that the Earth went around the sun. Copernicus is his name. Where did Copernicus learn it? I thought he did it from observation. Okay. That's what we're taught. He's, quote, the father of it, the originator of it, right? But he's only the originator in the sense that... In Western knowledge. Right, from the Roman... Right, right. Well, Western knowledge. What's called... Western European knowledge. White European. white European knowledge, right? Exactly. Old bogey European knowledge, right? So what what we do? What happens when we dig deeper is we find the evidence that other people knew it before him, and we find that evidence in places like stone carvings and papyrus documents, and a lot of that evidence comes out of ancient Kemet and the pyramids matter. themselves. What do they say? How many ten thousands of years old are they? I don't know. Yeah. So what we know from an, the math of astronomy is that Sirius A is sixteen thousand year cycle, and it just so happens that that cycle lines up perfectly with one of the windows in the pyramids. Yeah, I learned that a long time ago from a white Christian preacher, that wild-haired man who was on TV. Right? And so this idea of dismantling the mental framework that we're living in that was perpetrated by people who had an intention, one aspect of that intention might be control, but that control might be, oh, they don't know, so we need to take care of them because of if they there's no time to teach them all this crazy stuff, most of them can't read. So we have to you know, create a society with rules so that they'll at least have a chance of doing, you know, of being healthy and happy together. Right. And so that's that's why organized religion comes into place. It doesn't come into place because, it's oh, this is my evil plans. It's all because we think we're doing people favors by guiding them with with this idea of, well, this is how it should be because other, I can't explain it all. It take you too many years. I it took me 30 years of reading those books. Right. I don't have 30 years for, to wait for you here. Just trust me. Here's 10 commandments. I got them from a guy. He, he was a good guy. If you just follow these, you'll be fine until you're not fine until those 10 commandments have you like selling black people to plantations or, you know, whatever that, it is right. So the the idea is with beginner's mind, with a devotion to the idea that I don't know what I don't know, we can come to new possibilities of understanding. And that is only served when the reason for those new possibilities for understanding 
is to find ways back to oneness, back to the connection of love. Happy Teacher Appreciation Day, everybody. Recording stopped.